0: Hey guys, welcome to the Marriage Millennials Podcast. It is 2.52 p.m. on April 18th. So thanks for listening again. Or if you're new, hello there. I'm your host, Rochelle Hamm, creator of marriagemillennials.com, a blog that discusses God's design for family, teaches women to honor Christ before marriage, and prepares younger women for family. Uh, to put things in my real time, the blog is in the strategically single phase. What this means is that I do not address specific issues about marriage at this time because I'm not married. Um, Instead, my current focus is teaching women to honor Christ before man and preparing them for family if that is a current desire that they have. Now, before we get started, as always, I start every podcast the same. Um, I want to tell you where you can keep the convo going with me at the end of this podcast, as well as some housekeeping for the site. Um, this is going to be posted, as always, on the marriagemillennials.com um, site, as well as a Facebook page. So if you have any questions, feel free to comment on that post. Um, the Facebook page is backslash MFMillennials. Um, My Twitter and IG handle is Rochelle Ham, R-O-C-H-E-L-L-E-H-A-M. I had changed it and put the K in the middle, but it's just not me. I'm just going to keep it with the same old, same old Rochelle Ham. So I changed it back. So feel free to follow and talk with me there as well. Also, the podcast is on iTunes, so subscribe so you won't miss a podcast. All you got to do is type in Marriage Millennials in the iTunes search bar and it will pop up for you. Uh, last thing, please remember to visit the shop, check out the cookbook, courses, and other products. The cookbook is actually 30% off right now, um, so feel free to take advantage of that um, because it will only be 30% off for a limited um, time. So, yeah, thank you in advance. Alrighty, let's jump in. All right, guys. Hey, I don't know if it's just the area I'm in, the acoustics or what have you, but you, I feel like you can hear everything, like. Um, it's a little bit airy in here, but bear with me. All right. Um, Hope you've been well. Today we are talking about sex, 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 S-E-X, sex, right? Um, More specifically though, we're talking about abstinence and celibacy. I'm pretty excited about this topic. Um, You guys know me as being transparent and that's what I am. Um, But I'm more so excited about this topic because Being a person that is actually practicing celibacy until marriage, I feel like the vantage point that I'm going to come from is a vantage point that is needed in the church and needed pretty badly, actually. Um, I'm titling this this, um, five, yeah, four or five, five reasons why celibacy is not your ticket to heaven. And I really think that you guys will be able to take something from this that will help you in your walk with Christ, all right? So besides the birds and the bees talk that everyone has with their parents, right? Um, Believe it or not, I first learned about sex in the church. Um, You know, I was very active in church. We had a youth ministry. You know, we would sing and praise dance and compete in Christian competitions. The whole nine, you know, doing everything church, right? But even, even being a virgin at the time, I knew about sex. Why? Because others were having it right? Other youth members were having it. I even had my first kiss in church, right? So I knew about it. So fast forward many years to moving to Georgia and then fast forwarding even more years to meeting my court mate in 2013. Before Sam and I decided we were going to honor Christ with our bodies in 2015, we were also fornicating with each other. Um, We met, um, November 2013, so late in 2013. So we had um, relations with each other for a little over a year before we decided that we were going to honor Christ with our bodies, and we have been doing that ever since. It will be about um, two years since we have, since both of us have had sex, and we will continue that on until our wedding day. All right, so in reflection of our decision, one of the things that was important to me is that I never wanted my choice of celibacy to turn me into the, you know, the unrelatable, I know I'm not perfect, but I still think I'm less flawed than you, you know, Christians I kept running into. I didn't want my friends also to feel like I agreed with their decision to fornicate, but I didn't want them to feel like they couldn't find refuge in me as a friend because I idolized celibacy over Christ and the brother and sister fellowship that we have as Christians. With that being said, let's jump into five reasons why celibacy is not your ticket to heaven. One, you limit the gospel. I look on social media every day, and it's so overwhelming at this point. You know, there's ministry after ministry after ministry after blog after website after journey being started because some girl decided to keep her legs closed, and now she's idolizing marriage, right? Um, and now I, I know that different people will have different passions, and I totally get that. You know, I have my own blog that talks about family In itself, but because of the oversaturation of this, what you have are women that they're not really interested in Christ or the gospel. What they're really interested in is a blueprint to find them the perfect man. You know, what they're interested in is the highlight reel of the perfect family because insert your favorite ministry leader here, their perfect candid photos show like they have the perfect life. And that's what they're imagining a perfect life that doesn't exist. So as a result, you know, when they date a Christian and it either doesn't work out, it happens. Just because a guy is a Christian and he's a man of God does not mean he's the one for you. You guys still have personality. You guys may not be compatible. It happens. Or when they do get married and they start to face troubles in their marriage, um, they'll say they'll get angry with God, right? Or say that the Bible doesn't have any power. So when you idolize celibacy and even marriage, you aid in that. And the Bible tells us that we should not do things that cause our brothers and sisters um, to stumble. And that's honestly the main reason why I regroup a lot when it comes to MFM. Because talking about family and marriage, it the line is thin to where you are talking about love all the time. Um, when you should be talking about other things as well. So if you notice, I try to include a lot of apologetics, a lot of devotionals where we talk about things that have nothing to do with love because while family is important, the Bible is not just a love language book that teaches you how to find a husband. And when you only focus on one part of the Bible, you limit your full understanding of the gospel. Two, virgins feel entitled or better than because of the weight we have put on fornication. Again, back to the whole, I know I'm a flawed sinner, but I still feel less flawed than you thing again, right? Sometimes I talk to those people who were virgins until they were married or are currently virgins right now, and although they act welcoming, you can just feel and tell that they feel as though when we all get to heaven, it's like they're going to be the ones praising God in the VIP section while the rest of us are just in gen pop, you know, general population. And hear me out. I applaud those that were able to wait until they were married. Great. Good for you. It was God's will that your walk with Christ has been a breeze and you've never struggled with any big sin. Kudos to you. That's God's will. I'm not mad at it, but Again, everything is in Christ's will. And Christianity isn't just for the Jews, if you get what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, what about the non believers that come to Christ and they didn't grow up in the church? If you're a non believer, what reason would you have, especially with society not encouraging it, what reason would you have not to fornicate? So, what about that person who comes into the church and you're over here acting like, you know, your nose is up high and you're bourgeoisie? I don't think that's what Christ was trying to get at, right? We got to be careful that we're not trying to use Christianity as a crutch to hide behind the fact that, we're think, that we think we're better than everyone else. You know, thank God for a savior that lets us know that all of us, even the virgins, are as similar to filthy rags. Thank God for that. Three, you prevent transparency in the church, The fact of the matter is, is that when you get saved, right, although your mind gets renewed over time, sanctification takes time and your struggles don't go away when you decide to follow Christ. You don't get saved and then all of a sudden that person comes up to you and offends you and you're like, you know what, I'm going to turn the other cheek. No, you still have a little petty in you where you kind of want to say some things that you shouldn't say. You kind of want to think some, you're thinking things that you shouldn't think, right? Right. Christians are struggling with things, and I feel like the church does not talk about it for the sake of perfection, right? Um, but Christians are struggling with things, and those things include fornication. <laughs> they include other forms of sexual immorality. Why, how, how do I know? Because like I said, I knew about sex before I was even having sex, okay, from the church. People are doing it, Right? And then I did it myself before I decided I wanted to, you know, honor God. And this is like everyone's story. This is actually common. So it's, 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 it's kind of mind-boggling that the church doesn't really talk about it in a good way or talk about it in detail, right? When we only magnify one sin, people refuse to talk about it, that they're struggling with it because of how they feel, that they're going to be received when they admit that, and what that happens, and what ends up happening, like I said, is that transparency leaves the church. Four, you rob the church of its responsibilities. Um, again, I want to stress that I am a hundred percent in support of celibacy and abstinence. Okay, I have pr- pretty much all of my friends are not abstinence or celibacy, and I love them just the same. If you ask them, I'm not. That person who's around them and just makes them feel less than or condemns them. I understand that I was once there, number one. Number two, celibacy is one sin that maybe that I have mastered, but I struggle with many more. And three, it's just a sin for them. And they may have some strengths that I fall weak to, right? So with that being said, again, I am a hundred... Percent in support of celibacy and abstinence. So when a person chooses to fornicate, I do believe that church discipline should take place. I do believe that. But how can you discipline if you don't know who to discipline? Because no one is confessing. Right? How do you know who to rebuke if no one is confessing because of the wall you built up when you magnified fornication? Also... After discipline, there should be repentance, and after repentance, there should be forgiveness. But how can you truly forgive those who have fallen into sin if your approach puts fornication with blasphemy? Not even God did that. Last, five. Other sins just get to run rampant. Yes, you are a virgin, or yes, you waited until you were married, but what about your gossiping nature? What about the fact that you have a bad and petty heart and that you're not really a woman people want to be around or model? What about the fact that you get angry? I do. What about the fact that you don't treat people well? Um, I learned very fast that although sex is not where my struggles are and not where a bunch of other people's struggles are, there are other things I need to work on. Again, celibacy is not your ticket to heaven. Not specifically your ticket to heaven. Alright guys, so yes, keeping that short and sweet, that's all I have for you today. Um, MacBooks is actually um, on its dying deathbed, so let me go put a charger in this thing and um, check in with you guys later. Um, thanks so much for tuning in. Um, remember, this is going to be posted on the site, Marriage Millennials, so if you have any questions, feel free to comment below on that post. Or you can also visit the Facebook page, backslash Millennials. My Twitter and IG handle is Rochelle Ham, so feel free to follow me there as well. Type in the podcast on iTunes and subscribe to that. And check out the shop and support. Um, Today is... Uh, Today's Tuesday. Tomorrow, I'm going to be um, writing an article based on a book. Um, I'm a big reader, so I wanted to kind of include like a virtual book club into Marriage Millennials where I go into detail about a book. It will be based on everything from business to faith to love. It just depends on what book I want to pull from at the time. So feel free to look out for that. Thursday, I'm going to take a stab at being on Instagram live. I'm going to be talking about the four-piece to look for when you are deciding that you want to court someone and then on friday i'm gonna to try to pull out a recipe for you guys um if i can so um that's what's to come i uh, hope this that you have a great rest of the week and remember to take a second thing to be grateful for the first thing being that you're alive love you ladies take care bye Hey guys, just coming to you with a PSA, a public service announcement. I wanted to kind of give some props um, for the music that's on the podcast. The first one you hear is Myron Butler, Set Me Free. That's my jam. And the second one that you're listening to right now is KB Drowning. Um, Feel free to listen to the lyrics. Love them as much as I do. And if you love them enough, purchase them. I am in total support of supporting Christian artists. Alrighty, guys. Take care. Bye. Status? My status am i making people, I making people jealous? jealous i know i ain't happy i know, I know. never found joy i can only joy find, find his taxes i'm telling you can get-